Welcome to you wherever you're at, whomever you are with. I'm so very glad that you are here with us uh, in our time zone. It's Christmas Eve. And as you saw in that little video clip, uh, he is here. It is time. And you know, that is no less true than it was 2,000 years ago when uh, the eternal word of God became flesh and was born into the world through the Virgin Mary. And, uh, you know, uh, that good news of great joy is uh, really what this message series has been all about. And we come to a culmination uh, of that uh, truth uh, on this wonderful, magical uh, evening, Christmas Eve. And, uh, you know, uh, the prophet Isaiah uh, looked ahead several hundred years uh, from uh, the time that he uh, was given divine insight into what God would do to restore humanity to himself. He writes these profound words describing really in a better way what Christmas really is. He says the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And here's he describes the nature of that light. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government of God's kingdom will be on his shoulders. You know, literally, when he went to the cross, uh, the government of God's kingdom uh, fell upon his shoulders, and uh, here's how he will carry out his kingdom rule. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And you know, you receive that gift from God, and it truly does become a merry Christmas. And in this series, we're looking at some ways we can live that out, that bring the joy, the great joy back into our lives. And uh, week one, we looked at uh, opening the gift of hospitality, which really uh, simplified is making room in your heart for people not like you, uh, people who may not believe the way you do, see things the way you do, have your opinions, that we can still make room in our heart for others as God did for us. Uh, week two, we looked at sharing the blessing of generosity, uh, that when we step into God's economy, we can actually become a source of blessing, and that uh, those uh, good things will flow through us as liberally as we want them to. In fact, Jesus said, freely you've received, now freely give, and you'll get back from God, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. Week three, we looked at uh, giving the gift of faith. In other words, as we look out onto the world, believing that there's a good God behind everything that's been created, and we expect uh, him to do wonderful things in the world, we can actually ignite that anticipation in others by the way we live out our own confidence in God. And you know, all these things, if we, if we choose to follow Jesus in them, we do indeed invite the joy, the good news back into our lives. And uh, today, I want to kind of culminate that uh, with this encouragement that we can choose to live forgiven and free. We can choose in, in light of what God has done uh, by coming to us in the person of Jesus Christ. We can live our entire lives absolutely forgiven and completely free. And I want you to see uh, in this Christmas Eve of contemplation, that the, uh, the message of forgiveness and freedom is actually at the heart 
of the Christmas story. You know, we uh, looked at these um, announcements of his coming. Luke chapter 2, the angel said uh, to the shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you, and you can underline this, good news that will cause great joy to all the people. Well, what's the source of that good news? Today, in the town of David, a Savior, you can circle that word, underscore it, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. And you know, a Savior rescues people from something drastic, from something life-threatening. And you hear that again, Luke chapter 1, again, an angelic message it says, praise be to the Lord because of this Christmas event, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and he has redeemed them. You know, that's another aspect of being rescued, being purchased back. You know, we've uh, been all fixated on the news lately of these hostages that were taken into Gaza. And to be redeemed, it means to be rescued from the clutches of our enemies. God has raised up uh, an authoritative horn of salvation for us. You know, uh, later on, a few decades after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, one of the followers who was very close to Jesus, in fact, he was referred to as John, the beloved disciple, uh, he wrote this about the mission of Jesus and why it's such good news of great joy. Here's what he said in the book of Revelation, uh, to him who loves us, and has freed us from our sins by his own blood. And he's made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve as God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Uh, you know, I want to kind of engage your thoughts in this Christmas Eve message by uh, asking you to consider uh, what is forgiveness and why does it matter so much? What in the world does it mean to be forgiven and why does it matter so very, very much? Well, the word simply means to send away, to be released from. And uh, God wants to send our sins, our failures, our flaws away from us and to release us uh, from the consequences of them. You know, uh, if you look from cover to cover in the Bible, a sin is a pretty big deal in the redemption story. And it's something that we all participate in. It's something that's uh, in our genes. And uh, here's some of the things, uh, the truths about sin that are described in the Bible. Sin separates us. And you think, well, it separates us from what? Well, first of all, sin separates us from God. It cuts us off from the very source of life and joy and well-being and happiness. Uh, sin cuts us off from our creator. Uh, again, the prophet Isaiah, he saw the reality of this, and he wrote very simply and yet profoundly, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. You know, you ever feel distant from God? Well, there's a reason for that. If we have a sin still reigning and ruling in our hearts, in our thoughts, in our lives, it builds a wall between us and our creator. Sin separates us from God. Uh, but it also uh, separates us from God's blessings. Uh, sin uh, cuts us off. It uh, restricts the flow of the riches that God would like to pour into every one of his creatures. And that includes 
you and I, uh, sin separates us not only from God, from his blessings, it separates us from ourselves. You ever think there's a battle going on inside you? Well, there is. <laughs> there's this, uh, uh, Paul would talk about it uh, in one of his letters. He said, you know, I want to do what is right, but I can't do it. The very thing I don't want to do, I end up doing. And so there's this uh, angst, this internal dilemma of having a, a force, an influence that's sabotaging our own best interests. Uh, sin also, it separates us from one another. You know, this was the very first uh, fallout of Adam and Eve sinning is once they were naked and unashamed, they were intimate and connected, and all of a sudden there were barriers, there were accusations, there was defensiveness, and uh, it's the very nature of sin to separate us from God, his blessings, from ourselves, from each other, and uh, really a consequence of all these is sin separates us from real joy and real gladness uh, from an ongoing and lasting sense of peace, regardless of what the circumstance might be. A sin cuts us off from all of that, and eventually uh, sin uh, cuts us off from abundant and eternal life. And so uh, you see a people sitting in darkness, as Isaiah would prophesy, they've seen a great light that has shined in to their sense of separation, and it's the, uh, the desire of God to remove those barriers. You know, I've come to understand this. Most of us would like to be saved from our enemies and from our circumstance. And most people, if you uh, talk to them for very long, they wish that there was some higher power that would help them overcome their enemies and rise above their circumstance. But uh, here's kind of the getting down to the heart of the issue. Uh, while most of us want to be saved from our enemies and our circumstance, few of us realize that we need to be saved from our own sin and from ourselves. Uh, as we saw, that sin uh, within us uh, cuts us off from every good thing in life. Well, here's the message of Christmas, that God has done that very thing. He sent a, a Redeemer and a savior, that's why it's good news of great joy as Jesus came by his own blood to liberate us, to set us free from the sin that holds us back. I love the way the psalmist, as he's thinking about what God delights in doing in, in sending our sin away from us, he says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, and in his mind, that's a, that's a humongous separation so great is God's love for those who fear him. And now hear this, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he has removed our transgression or our sin from us. You know, when we think about God's desire to send our sins away from us, to release us, here are some things that, that kind of characterize the peculiar nature of God's forgiveness. You can kind of look at it from the negative side. What God's forgiveness is not. Uh, forgiveness is not earned. Uh, hear that again. There's nothing you can do to work your way into a position where God would want to, uh, you know, would earn God's uh, willingness to send your sins away from you. We don't earn it. In fact, uh, the writers of the New Testament marveled at this truth 
that forgiveness is a gift received by faith by believing that God is good and that he's acted into our darkness. He sent a savior, a redeemer, our Messiah, and we don't earn any of that. We just open our hearts and receive it. Uh, secondly, God's forgiveness, it's not partial. It's not as if he uh, forgives you a few of your big sins and then you know, he's kind of angry at you and withholds his blessing because you've got all this remaining uh, darkness in your life. No, in fact, when, when God grants forgiveness, when Jesus said your sins are forgiven, here's a marvelous truth. He declares you to be holy and blameless in the eyes of a perfect God, that God would look at you henceforth and say you are perfect, blameless. There's nothing you'll be held accountable if Jesus has said to us, your sins are forgiven. Now, having said that, uh, here's another truth about God's forgiveness. It is not a one-time event. The forgiveness of God is something that happens continually throughout our lives as often as we find ourselves wrestling uh, with these urges and desires within us. Uh, forgiveness is not a one-time decree it's, it's ongoing. It's continual. In fact, I want to point you to one of, the, uh, one of the parts of this process that keeps us living in freedom from our sin and uh, in enjoying that place of being absolutely blameless and holy in the sight of a perfect God. One of the things that'll throw a wrench in living in that wonderful blessing is when we choose not to extend forgiveness to others. In fact, Jesus appointed at this as the one uh, thing that will obliterate our experience of the forgiveness of God. Here's the way he said, uh, spoke about this truth in his wonderful sermon on the mount. Uh, he said, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. It's the one condition on experiencing the free gift of God is the willingness to let others sin go from them, from our experience with them. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Well, uh, you may think, well, that seems a bit overwhelming, hard to do. Well, it is hard to do, but it doesn't have to be overwhelming. In fact, here are some truths We've seen what's true of God's forgiveness. Here's what's true of your forgiveness of others, uh, what your forgiveness is not. A forgiveness is not forgetting. It's not pretending that somehow uh, somebody didn't wrong us or hurt us or betray us or transgress against us. Forgiveness doesn't mean we forget those things. Uh, forgiveness doesn't mean we're waiting for an apology that in other words, we're going to think evil of people, we're going to hold grudges, we're going to become bitter until they come begging for us uh, for forgiveness. No, uh, forgiveness comes before that. Uh, forgiveness doesn't mean ceasing to feel pain. You may have been genuinely, authentically hurt, and uh, to forgive it doesn't mean that, again, we have to pretend that there's no ongoing uh, pain from that wound. Forgiveness doesn't mean blindly trusting someone, uh, again, who's proven themselves unfaithful, who's not uh, lived up to their word or their promises. Uh, forgiveness doesn't mean we blindly trust 
that person again. It also doesn't mean choosing to lose, that somehow they're right and I'm wrong. But here's the truth. We can forgive others without stepping into any of these uh, false understandings of forgiveness. Uh, forgiveness is simply choosing to let go of the anger, to let go of the need to retaliate or to seek revenge. Uh, you know, I want to end this message uh, with a psalm that kind of uh, shows the process, the ongoing process of living in the uh, freedom that forgiveness brings into our lives. Uh, Psalm 32, David wrote it after he'd failed pretty badly. And he went through a season where he tried to cover it up, tried to hide uh, how he uh, transgressed against God and against people. And uh, here's what he writes. He says, when I refuse to acknowledge or confess, uh, own up to my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. You know, that's David's way of saying that things didn't go well for me. In fact, I was separated from the goodness of God, from his blessing, from my own self and conscience, from the people in my life. I wasn't doing well when I didn't own up to my transgressions. He says, uh, finally, I confessed, I, I acknowledged, I, I accepted the truth of my behavior when I confessed all my sins to you and I stopped trying to hide my guilt, I said to myself, I'll be open. I'll confess my rebellion to the Lord. And what did God do at that point? Well, he says, you forgave me. And all of my guilt uh, was removed from me. So David uh, learned to live in the freedom of forgiveness. Uh, here's kind of what he concluded his experience would be. He said, God, uh, after all, you are my hiding place. Uh, you'll protect me from trouble. You'll surround me with songs of deliverance. You'll announce that good things are in motion. And uh, God responds to that heart. He says, I will instruct you. I will teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. You know, uh, here's a saying we like to proclaim around here that following Jesus it will make your life better and will make you better at life. And certainly that is true when we talk about living in forgiveness and freedom. If anything will bring the joy of salvation back into our experience, certainly put the Mary back in your Christmas. It'll be learning to live in this great, uh, profound gift that came from God through the person of Jesus Christ uh, by his blood. He has released us from our sins, made us to be a kingdom of priests to serve God and others. Uh, would you pray with me? Uh, Father, uh, Merry Christmas. W what a declaration that we can receive this profound uh, gift that makes our lives right, that puts us back in connection with you, that opens us up to your work uh, in our lives, restores our relationships with others, brings joy and gladness and abundance and eternal well-being into our world. Lord, what an amazing gift you've set in motion. And I think of that uh, statement that God has taken a million steps uh, to get close to us, but he always waits for us to take the one uh, back to him. I pray that wherever uh, we're at in our journey with you, maybe we've not even begun to open that gift of salvation uh, today, this Christmas Eve, would be the time 
when we say, Father, I need your forgiveness. I acknowledge, I confess my need for you. I'm tired of doing things on my own, making my own governance, and I'm ready to step into your kingdom. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for inviting me to follow you into your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Lord, bring about your good kingdom in us. Give us the grace to live in your forgiveness, freely forgiving others, and experiencing the freedom that you want to bring into our hearts. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.